Hey there, I'm Christopher Schoenwald and welcome to Life As A, a show intently focused on helping people find their professional pathway by exploring and unearthing the details of jobs from around the world. Before we get started today, I do have a favor to ask of all of you. I did start a channel over on YouTube in the last year, year and a half or so. And yeah, I'm really trying to promote that. And the reason being is I think the content that I'm putting out here, you know, we're doing all right with some of these guests for coming on. And I think it deserves to be put in front of more people. And one of the best ways, of course, of doing that is through a platform like YouTube. Now, if you do interact with these videos on YouTube, that algorithm loves it. And that's the only way that it knows to continually share that content, put it in front of more people. So yeah, I could be a little bit biased here, but I think, you know, finding out about some of these careers is great for young people. It's great for mid-career professionals. If you have a second, head on over to YouTube, life as a dot dot. That's where you can find it. And yeah, like or subscribe. It would help a ton. All right, well, on to the show. How many of you are sports fans? I don't know about you, but growing up, I was all over it. You know, not only the games themselves, but I loved all the commentary, analysis, and everything associated with NFL football. I mean, that was my jam. I loved a lot of sports, but that was my thing. And yeah, somewhere along the line, though, I you know got thinking it might be an interesting sort of profession to, to get into. But lo and behold, I didn't follow through with it. However, there are people that do, of course. And that's what I've got lined up for you today. I have this excellent, excellent guest who took his passion from youth all the way to present day where he is a well-respected, well-accomplished sports analyst and journalist. And we're going to get into it all today with him. And our conversation, it meanders all over the place into some really interesting topics. We speak about the hyper-specialization of sports reporting and just how different it is now compared to what it would have been you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, heck, even five years ago. We also get into some more practical elements of sports reporting, things like travel, some of the other job perks, what it's like working with pro athletes, and a bunch more. So for those who are interested in sport, I think you're really, really going to love this conversation. And even for those who aren't really into it, I think it's still a fascinating look into just a different way of life. And of course, you're going to pick up on it. I mean, there's a passion running through this entire conversation. So yeah, I encourage everybody to stick around and listen in. Joe Biscaglia is a longtime sports reporter and analyst, having covered the NFL's Buffalo Bills for over 14 years and doing so across multiple platforms. Biscaglia got his start in sports radio at 21 years old in Buffalo, in the market's top station, WGR 550, working his way up to be named the lead Bills reporter at 23. He then moved to the local television station, WKBW, as their Bills reporter, and after just one year, was named the sports director at age 29, in addition to his Bills duties. Now, three years later, he joined the national sports writing company, The Athletic, where he has operated as their Bills reporter since 2019. 
Biscalia specializes in the day-to-day coverage of an NFL team, analysis of football through game film and practice, roster construction, using spreadsheets to convey his work to an audience and continues to try and find new ways to cover the team for such a passionate fan base. He was born and raised in Buffalo, spent two years at Florida State University for college and transferred to Buffalo State University, graduating with a degree in media production. So with all that stated, Here's my conversation with Joe Biscalia. Yeah, hey, so welcome to the program. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, really excited for this. Really excited for this. You know, to be honest, I've been kind of working my way through the Buffalo media. I've had a few uh, few of your colleagues perhaps <laughs> on as well. So uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of the of the franchise that you cover. And uh, it's one of the perks, I suppose, of having a podcast like this, you know, so really excited about the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, it um it, it's a, a lot of fun uh, covering a, a team like this one in this sort of area, too, because it's kind of like a, a it's a small market team, but it's also got like a big market feel to it. So, yeah, it's really fun. I'm sure you've had some uh, good convos along the way, too. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Well, why don't we get started here, Joe? I do have the first segment lined up. It's something called Coloring Wikipedia. And as my listeners know, it's basically a segment where I just read off a definition of what the guest does, sometimes or industry. And I do it for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, I think it brings everybody up to speed on you know, the parameters, the details of what the person does. But then also, too, I mean, sometimes these definitions are just a little bit off. So I think it offers, you know, kind of a nice jumping off point into, into the discussion. So... I do have you down here for sports reporter. Um, unfortunately, I do have a bit of bad news, though. Wikipedia is letting us down. They actually, they didn't have an entry for sports reporter or analyst. That's wild. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. I was a bit shocked by that, too. But I did, uh, I, I do have ZipRecruiter, the career site, filling in for us today. So let me just read that off. And then afterwards, maybe you can comment. Does it sound all right? Sure. All right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Here we go. Sports reporter. A sports reporter covers news on sporting events, teams, athletes, and fans. These journalists may report on amateur or professional sports teams. They may also work through a variety of media outlets, including print, radio, television, and internet-based publications. Job duties for these reporters include relaying sporting event outcomes, interviewing teams and fans, and partnering with other experts in the field for reports or events. So there you go. First take. What do you think of that? Yeah, it's a really boilerplate. definition of what we do because there's just so many different elements to uh to how we do it but by definition yes we we cover teams for a living and that i mean you report on them you disseminate the information to to your audience no matter if it's uh if you're a tv person whether whether you're doing it uh that way over the air or even on views on online youtube facebook twitter everything um, or if you're a writer like I am now, it, it just depends on the audience and, and which you're best serving. But there are just so many different ways to slice it. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the one of the things that make me love it as much as I do, because, you know, there is a little pocket for each person to kind of stand out. So, you know, in the the nuanced version, I, I think there there's a lot of uh, different things we, we could get into with Sports Reporter. Yeah. And I think we are. I think, I've, I, you know, I've got a few questions lined up that's going to kind of address mm-hmm. some of these points here today. And I, I really like that point, too, of, of, you know, like the delivery, the delivery points of the content. Because, mm-hmm. again, I mean, even just considering the notion of technology and like how that's really changed the game in a lot of respects, you know, how people digest the content. And then, of course, how you package and 
put that content together based on the platform that you're serving, you know, like all those different like nitty gritty sort of elements come into play here. So yeah, things that we're going to get into. All right. Nice. Yeah. Would there be anything that you de-emphasize within that? I don't know that definition or. Hmm. Um, I think the whole idea of relaying sporting event outcomes, I would de-emphasize just because, I mean, everyone has a cell phone at this yeah. point in their lives. And I, I think people, at the by the age of I don't know ten <laughs> have a phone maybe a little bit later a little bit later um, but but yeah I think if you are big into a certain team you know the outcome of the game like you you don't need me to tell you that hey the Bills lost to the Bengals twenty four to ten in the divisional right. round of the playoffs you know right. uh, th- these are all these are all things that happened so uh, so yeah that's that's really the de emphasis and which is what has kind of led the industry into pivoting and trying to figure out certain spaces as to where you can really find a spot and and really try to carve your own niche within a market within a fan base everything along those lines yeah yeah i mean and traditionally speaking i guess like that is how it would have been in the past is like you kind of given the details of of how the things how the game went down i mean that's still part of it certainly mm-hmm. but that is just one slice of the pie right like it's all these yeah. things that have evolved yeah i can't tell you i, I mean I'm, you you read off uh, a bit of my bio um it, when i used to work in television there was this kind of like this old versus new dichotomy where, mm. you know, the way that sports cast had always been done before then was like, okay, you, you show some highlights, you yeah. read the scores, you, you read like the pertinent inf- information, but everyone knows all that stuff yeah. already. So uh, I always found it more interesting to kind of like provide a context and, you know, get into uh, maybe just ways to look at the team as opposed to just showing you the same three highlights you just watched on your phone, like, I don't know, three hours ago. So yeah. that that's, that's why this whole old versus new yeah. school media is, is so very interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. That's great, man. I love that. I mean, right out of the gate here, you know, giving, giving some <laughs> gems up here. You know, that, I, I, you know, that's the spirit of the segment, really, to be honest, is that, right? We have this definition that's sitting there. But then once you actually speak about it and you learn a little bit more of, like, how things are evolving, you know, I think that's the information that's valuable, especially for people that are looking to maybe get into the, the profession itself. So. I know you do yeah, have absolutely. the other role of an analyst as well as your mm-hmm. professional title. Maybe you could speak to that point really quickly too. Yeah, it's all kind of baked into the same thing. And it kind of goes to, you know, what I what I mentioned, kind of like finding your space within yeah. a market, within a, a fan base and, and trying them knowing what they can go to you with. And so being an analyst of, of football is so incredibly complicated yet so incredibly simple all at once because it's a game and I fully am under the understanding that I cover a game for a living and I watch way too much of this game (laughs) in my (laughs) day-to-day life but um, all that said there is there are certain ways to kind of like dice it up and uh, one of the ways that that I do it among all other things is I watch film which is not normally what you see on television copy you can purchase it if you want to if you're a real hardcore <laughs> hardcore <laughs> fan but that's why I'm here because I kind of yeah. do out all that for people and you know you see so much more within the game and so yeah. that that being able to analyzing that and disseminate that within the whole within a package where you don't make people's head spin because football is an extremely jargony sport. Yeah. Like, like if 
some of the play calls that that these coaches come up with are just ridiculous, but <laughs> they're they're good for them. They're good for their own yeah. systems. And so just finding finding the the middle ground between okay, football nerds and the the people that that want to learn more about it, but also don't want to you know I guess get a PhD in football. Yeah, uh, that that's been kind of my space for for analysis yeah. and going lowering through. those barriers to entry for people, I suppose. Or people Absolutely. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Name of the game. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we can skip on over into this next segment here, Joe. It's something called a day in the life. And I'd be curious mm-hmm. to hear a little bit about, you know, what, what you're involved in, like how what the position demands, say within the season, and then also mm-hmm. in the off season, because I think like, for you and, and for myself as being like a, a fan of the sport and following it for so many years, like I know there's a distinction here as far as what probably somebody like yourself is involved with. But at the same time, like it's still quite busy, you know, in both parts of the, the year, I, I'm guessing here. So I think it'd be interesting for listeners to hear a little bit more about that. Like what, what takes the most amount of your time, say, in season? And then what are you focused on in off season? Yeah, well, I will start by saying there really is no such thing as an offseason within the NFL calendar because they have specifically built it that way because it goes all the way through the end of April for the draft. And then they decided to put their schedule release in mid-May. So that's another part of it. And that leads you into uh, OTAs, which are like these offseason practices for the new versions of the team through May and June. And really, there's only like this solid four-week window from the last week of June to the last week of July to where, you know, I just save up all my vacation for those four (laughs) weeks and hope nothing happens. Right, right, right. That's the thing, right? Yeah. Something's still technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Exactly. But uh, so, yeah, that that's the caveat I'll I'll lead with for for what goes on in an NFL season. But but in the confines of the season, obviously, that's a that's a really busy time because you just have to be in so many different places at once. Uh, you know, from a daily week perspective, usually it's uh, it's a kind of a similar build up to the same game, and it goes Monday. You you go in there for for just random interviews. Tuesday is everyone's day off, mm. um, it, players included. But Tuesdays because it's a day off, it's a day for me to get into like the film from the previous game, and that's usually one of my busiest days. So that so that way I can catch up and be able to to write that, watch the film the way that I want it to, uh, which usually takes somewhere from, I don't know, six to eight hours before I get into the writing piece of it. And then, you know, write it Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. And then, oh, by the way, there's practice on Wednesday, first thing. Uh, And then you go through watch practice and um, and you, you do interviews, everything along those lines. Same thing on Thursday. And by that point, you have had to have flipped the, uh, the page over to the next game because mm. you know once it gets past like maybe Thursday at noon people don't care about what happened on, yeah. on Sunday anymore and so then there's a Thursday practice and you start to get, gain interviews and and really try and break down film of the next opponent at least from my perspective and mm. then on Friday there's another practice Saturday is a day off if it's a home uh, but if it's not, you travel to the destination yeah. uh, to where the team is playing. And then Sunday is obviously the game and everyone knows what happens that. But those are on like normal weeks yeah. because, you know, if the team is good, they'll throw in random Thursday night games, Monday night right, games, right. Sunday night games. And, you know, they're they're great because the visibility is awesome and everyone's watching them. But also like from a reporter's yeah. perspective, it's probably some of our least favorite just I because... Bet. Yeah, because you're up 
super late. And I usually during game or after games, you know, after interviews, everything like that, it's usually like an hour to an hour and a half before you even get back to your computer. And then you start to sit back and go, okay, what did I just see? How can I write something that differentiates from, from what you saw out there or, or what everyone else is thinking? And then actually going through and writing it up. And then after that, podcasting for an hour to hour 15 minutes. So those night games at three in the morning. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You get my point. Usually in my hotel room, I really, I usually hope that there's no one in the room next to me. (laughs) So that way I'm not like just barking about uh, some random defensive tackle (laughs) over (laughs) over a 40 minute span. Yes, exactly. So by that point, usually for those night games, if they're on the road, yeah. I just won't even sleep. And I, I set my my flights home because you have to be back early yeah. Yeah. for the next for the next day. And so I just I just don't even sleep. I go straight to the airport after I hit the stop Jeez. button and then and then go for it. Wow. So that's 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 it's intense. in season for like. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's passion driven. It's got to be right. I mean, like, because yes. w- w- like in terms of days off in there, I didn't really catch too many of those within that schedule there. No, 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 no. The the Saturday, like I said, Saturdays when they're home games, those are nice. Yeah. Because it's the one day you kind of just log off a little bit and again, hope that nothing happens. Like, for instance, I really love watching football, but because Saturday is my off day, I will not touch college football during yeah. the season. Yeah. Because, well, how can like, you? Okay. Can you? It's work. Mm. It, it, it's work at that point. But but yeah, it's it's totally, it's a total passion project. And yeah. it's been that way since the start of my career. I mean, I, I started off making very little money working at a radio station to do right. it and just trying to work right. myself up, work myself up. And yeah, yeah it's, yeah, I wouldn't trade it for anything because it's, it's got me to like a, a pretty cool career that, that I oh, yeah. can be proud of. But, um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hundred percent a passion project. Yeah. Yeah. Really quickly too. I mean, in the off season, things are busy as you already alluded to, yeah. but I'm guessing you might have a little bit more opportunity for, I don't know, time yeah. to yourself perhaps. Absolutely. Weekends are back at that yeah, point yeah. Uh, for the most part. And, and it's usually a way like, because in the media realm, Saturdays and Sundays aren't usually great. Like, uh, viewing days for people because people are, are are off doing their their own lives and things like that like yeah. like you know sometimes you're sitting on the couch you're just scrolling through your phone and you're like okay mm-hmm. what what can i read about with with the bills today but for the most part the traffic comes during the week um, and so that is kind of a a good thing from our perspective too because you can like yeah. you alluded to kind of log off a little bit and and be able to go about your normal life, do things around the house that you need to, all the projects that you put off during the season. <laughs> and if you get a snowstorm here in Buffalo, you can you can <laughs> use that time to shovel without uh, complication in the back of your brain. But yeah, uh, but the off season does afford you that. But it's still busy because there's so many different things going on. Whether it's you know reviewing what just happened uh, in the season, trying to diagnose where it all went wrong. Yeah. Uh, and then free agency becomes a huge thing basically immediately. And the kind of the turning of the page where it goes from the one season to the next is the NFL combine, which is right at the en- end of February. Yeah. It's in Indianapolis every single year might be changing soon. Who knows? But, but that's the spot where teams really get in off season mode. And mm-hmm. so from there you can, 
project who's going to be back that are free agents who won't be back. And, uh, and that's the first piece. And then from there, it's a uh, month and a half build up to the NFL draft, which everyone gets excited yeah, about in massive. terms of fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the way that I term the, the NFL draft is like, it's the only opportunity for fans to know that their team is going to get better. Mm. Um, and that's, it's like this overall eternal optimism, right? Three day weekend right. where, you know, you know, pretty much that, that you're going to get someone that's talented that could become a, a difference maker from your franchise. And then you talk yourself into it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's, that's a really cool aspect, but yeah, though that kind of leads up to the end of April and that starts to be where it, downshifts just for a little bit mm. like i said may and june have these uh off-season workouts that you can go to some availability for interviews things like that but um yeah. but but yeah it starts to get into the downslope and then once that late june uh ramps to, right up yeah to the first three weeks of july that's 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 a good time and my wife is a teacher too and that's okay. it kind of syncs up with her uh, uh with her right, time right. off too so Lucky so yeah it, it it works out that way nice nice yeah well thanks thanks for that explanation i mean i think paints a, oh, a really sure. clear picture <laughs> i think for people like one in terms of like the actual duties responsibilities and schedule and rhythms and all that stuff but then too like again that point of like it has to be a passion driven enterprise for, for yourself to really like yeah. do that type of work i mean it is that intense so yeah no i think mm-hmm. that uh, like i said paints a nice picture for people but maybe we could slide into this next segment here joe it's something called pathways and basically it's a segment to to kind of illustrate this path of how people end up in their present day profession and oftentimes mm-hmm. at least from my experience of having guests on this program very rarely is it linear and straight there's a lot of zigging and zagging left-hand turns right-hand turns you name it and off the top i did sort of you know introduce your pathway to a certain extent but, you know, I think it'd still be interesting to hear it from you, you know, mm-hmm. how you made your yeah, way the, to where you're at now. It was not a normal way uh, yeah. by any means. I guess the overall way people think about it is, OK, you major in journalism in, in college and then you get a job at like a small paper and you work your way up or something right. like that. That right. was not me. Yeah. I am the opposite of that. I graduated from a local college here with a with a degree in media production yeah i knew i wanted to get in i hoped to get into sports radio because i had an internship with this one station in my uh final semester as a senior Mm -hmm. at buffalo state and that was i just tried to put everything i had into that one little internship didn't get paid a dime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there three mornings a week with the morning show, working from 5 a.m. until 1 or 2 p.m., just trying to, you know, carve my way uh, yeah, with, yeah. with the boss there and, you know, speak up when I could, but mostly just do all the stuff that no one else wanted to do, like cutting yeah. audio and, you know, yeah. cutting sound bites and yeah. making these little uh, sound bite sheets for everybody. And, and at the, sorry, at that point, was your dream sort of to end up on radio? Like, like that was the goal. Yeah. That was the dream at that point. Okay. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It okay. was, it was that. And then like, I had always written growing up, but I never thought about it as like my ending spot or okay. where I could get to. So yeah, sports radio was, was like a passion. Luckily my program director at that point just absolutely loved me for some reason. I don't know why, but at the end of my internship, he basically said, you know, we're, we, we don't want to lose you. So, uh, we, I can set you up with a, with a part-time job making 
a fresh $7.15 or $7 and 15 cents an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's called the PB and J and, and ramen uh, diet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah no and, but it was, it was worth it because I was able to kind of kick into gear that way, uh, getting somewhere between 15 to 20 hours a week, something like that. And to, you know, allow myself to live, I worked at a bank as a teller for okay. a good like year, maybe two years to, okay. to kind of do that. And yeah. eventually they, uh, a full-time spot opened up. Uh, they initially had me as a morning show producer. All so right. that has nothing to do with covering football. Right. So yeah. I was basically just pushing the buttons for commercials every morning and, and being able to uh, make sure they get out for breaks on time. Yeah. They had me in that role for two months and then our reporter at the time, who was covering both the Bills and Sabres, he went to my boss and said, look, Joe knows football. He, he knows exactly what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And he effectively stepped aside so that way that I could cover the wow. Bills and he could cover the Sabres wow. because he's more of a hockey guy. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he played hockey in college, everything like that. And he just felt spread too thin. So he's like, yeah. no, Joe knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's get him on there. So... That's how it all kind of started. My first full season was for covering the Bills was in 2010. At that point, I had like cut my teeth with the NFL draft and kind of gained a little bit of rep within the market that way. Um, So people kind of knew that I had like a a football background. And and so, yeah, I I started covering for them, you know, in the the teeth of the Bills being really terrible (laughs) for for a long time. (laughs) I recall Uh, that period. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. But it it was a fun time, too, because they also had Ryan Fitzpatrick. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was this. He was like this larger. Yeah, very much so. Larger than life person. But yes, that's how I got started into it from a very weird way to do it. Yeah. Um, And then I did it for five years. I eventually uh, got a call from Channel 7 here in Buffalo, which is a television station. And my preconceived notions of being a sports TV guy was, you know, you know, just go on for three minutes a day and then kind of call it. But what I had done at the at the radio station and and what has kind of led me to where I am today is I really got in the weeds of writing. I was writing constantly. I was writing columns. I was writing analysis. I was writing uh, newsers. I was, you know, breaking stories, things like that. And I didn't want to lose that by going to TV, but also TV pays considerably more than radio. (laughs) Um, so it was like this give and take. So I met with the people at the TV station and, and they were like, look, we don't want to change you. We don't want you to do anything differently. We just want to teach you TV. Yeah. I'm like, that sounds good. And I can so, get off the peanut butter and jelly and, uh, and ramen as well to boot. Bingo. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> got into a takeout a few nights a week, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, uh, so I took the job there. They, they wound up really liking me there and I kept doing the same thing. I was, I learned TV. I learned how to use a camera. I learned how to pair video and, and audio and tell stories that way. Mm-hmm. But I also kept what was important to me, which was the analysis, the writing. Yeah. And I kept that going. And I started my now podcast back then, which is okay. now called the Buffalo Beat. And and that kind of started. So from there, I was there for a year and they offered me the job of being their sports director, which wow. was really humbling. And yeah. I think I was 29 years old at, at wow. the time. Wow. Uh, I was in TV for one year. And wow. I'm like, that are you sure? 
<laughs> yeah. I'm like, are you sure you want to do this? And and they're like, yeah, yeah, we, we really like what you do. We, and, and we want to see, you know, we want to see what you can do with it. I'm like, okay, that'd, that'd be great. So I did that for the next three years and I thought I was going to be there for a long time. And then the athletic uh, called me, which, you know, my, my dream was always to work for like a national publication, but like I, I, I am a pretty grounded person to where I'm like, okay, the, uh, it, it takes like a lot to have mm-hmm. something like that happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to put my nose down and, and keep just, keep just working and, and see what it goes. But like yeah. the, uh, the former editor in chief of sports illustrated is the um, chief content officer at the athletic. And he's okay. the one that called me to try. No and, um, no way. Yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely a, a wild moment. Uh, my my wife uh, took video of me right after oh, nice. um, right right after I got off the phone and yeah. like beaming ear to ear. Yeah, um, and it was just like at that point it was a no brainer. I'm like, you're you're sure you want to bring a radio slash TV person to come write for a yeah. living, right? And yeah. they're like, yeah, absolutely. So I jumped at the chance, and knowing that I really loved working at the two places I, I was at before, yeah, yeah. Um, but. It's just something I couldn't ignore. So uh, that's how I got into writing. And now I've been writing full time there for since July of 2019. And wow. yeah, still going strong and still breaking down film like like nobody's business. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it perfectly represents the spirit of that segment, really. I mean, like mm-hmm. a couple of things that stand out as I was listening there is like, one, again, returning this notion of passion, for sure. I mean, that had mm-hmm. to have been there and, and driving you forward. You know, as far as you know, just mm-hmm. working hard at it and sinking yourself into honing your craft within those different media formats, right? Whether it was on radio, mm-hmm. whether it was on television, and then all the while, just kind of keeping your mind open to different opportunities. And, and, and through this, it seems like it's just that hard work, the recognition comes, and then a bit of serendipity, a bit of, you know, luck, you know, a, a kind gesture from Lots a colleague, all these things yeah, sort absolutely. of amount to then that next yeah. step, right? And that's 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 how it goes, right? Oftentimes for people, the ones that are successful at least, you know. So I think it's a really mm-hmm. valuable sort of look at how somebody can sort of like track their way through or advance themselves within their careers. It's never like the straight line, like, oh, yes, this is where I want to end up. And they just beeline right towards it. Like it's a lot of mm-hmm. these other little, you know, elements that are, are, are yeah, part of that. It doesn't journey. work that way. No, no, it doesn't. So, yeah, I really appreciate that story. Love hearing that. Maybe we could jump on over into another segment. I know we're skipping through segments here, but this is a Q&A discovery, and we just kind of can use back and forth. And I thought we could kind of launch into this in a bit of a playful manner. I have some topics, like a list of topics, and maybe I just read off a few for okay. you. And uh, you can give me your sure. instant sort of feedback on them, one or two word takes. Okay. And maybe we can circle back after and explore a couple of them. Does that sound all right? Sure. Sounds great. All right. So here we go. First one. Spreadsheets. <laughs> my I'm coming baby. with fire, Joe. I'm coming with fire. Spreadsheets. <laughs> that is my baby. I have way too many. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, sports reporter camaraderie. Ooh. Uh, depends on the market, but Buffalo is great with that. Okay. Pro mm-hmm. athletes. Hmm. Uh, you never know what you're going to get, but there are some really good people that take the time of day to, to get to know you as well. Okay. Work travel. A science. <laughs> A science <laughs> that you have to get down within the, the confines of, of an NFL season. Love it. Okay. Bill's Mafia. They're a lot. and they, uh, <laughs> A lot of adjectives you can come up with there. <laughs> they are a lot. And it's, it's all good things because 
they uh, have obviously helped me get to this point in my career. And uh, they also are some of the most passionate fans that I've ever come across. And the fact that they care about like backup offensive linemen is just unbelievable. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're a rabid fan base, no doubt. All yes. right. Buffalo, New York, the city itself. Yeah. Hometown. And that it's a wildly underrated place that, that once you're here, you know why people stay. Yeah. Okay. Deadlines. I've never had to deal with them basically, wow, which is really? kind of weird. Yes. Because yeah. like newspaper, newspapers have deadlines, right? Yeah. So I suppose my deadline is just before I get on the plane, before I travel, but, but no, I haven't really had to deal with like hardcore deadlines of like, okay, you must get this in by 10 PM. Okay. It's just, it's, it's never happened. Okay. Okay. Last one here. Job perks. Ooh. Being able to watch football every day, honestly, that's that's pretty cool. Going to practice, you know, having a, a a personal conversation with people that people would die to meet, uh, you know, pe- people's heroes, things like that. It's like it, that that novelty of it that will never wear thin on me. Nice, nice. All right. Well, for the sake of time, maybe we could jump into the next question here because some of these points that we yeah. just covered are going to come up in the conversation anyway. So mm-hmm. yeah, 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 that was fun though. I really like some of those points there, but. This next question here, like this world of sports reporting unto itself. I mean, like, I think it'd be fair to say, like, there's some broad mandates that you're responsible for and roles, responsibilities, so on and so forth. But also, too, when you've already spoken to this lightly, is this notion of like hyper specialization where it's becoming like more and more niched down, you know, and as far mm-hmm. as what you do, again, returning to that last question, spreadsheets, you know, as, mm-hmm. as a fan of your work personally, like I know this comes up quite a bit on your end. You've developed a bit of a reputation for it and how you use that and it fits into this notion of like hyper specialization like you're covering things that maybe from an outsider's perspective people wouldn't necessarily assume are being covered maybe it's like a practice you know just a practice Mm -hmm. itself or maybe it's like the roster construction you know like Mm -hmm. again the buffalo area this rabid fan base that eating it all up again like a backup offensive lineman you know like people want to (laughs) know how this guy didn't practice right Mm-hmm. So it kind of feeds into this notion. And I'd love to hear your take on it, like this this rise of hyper-specialization within sports reporting. And what do you think has brought it all about? Yeah, I, I think because people uh, generally are more, they are more well-schooled about just the the nuts and bolts behind a sport to where I, I feel like people want to learn and they want to know as much as they can about about their their passion outside of their normal lives, which is you know work, uh, family, everything along those lines, and I think I think that really kind of allows the space to where you have and and not everyone is is into the same thing. Like like I can tell you, what I write is not going to be for everyone. Just like what what people come to expect from me, and and they they read from me. You know, maybe something someone else does just rings a little, little hollow. And it's not to say that the way other people do it is bad. It's just different. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, there's, there's a spot for every, every way to do it. And once you find that, uh, that little slice that people come to know you for, then I think that there's really a big opportunity to not only establish that, but also grow within that and, and, and be creative within that space and do different things as, as the years kind of go along and, you know, create different ideas of, of how to do 
basically this the similar things, but there's just so many different ways to specialize into it. Um, football being one of them. And uh, I'm very lucky because football has has natural delineations of positions to where you can slice up so many different things. There's just so many different roster construction uh, avenues, wh- whether it be the draft, free agency, undrafted free agency, uh, and trade deadline, things like that. And then within the actual confine of the season, you're you're slicing up exactly how they how they perform, who's looking good out there, who's not. and it and it kind of all comes back to the same point because if they're not performing well, then that mm-hmm. leads to off season stuff. and it, it's just a natural flow of of things to, to do that. so when when you bring up spreadsheets, that's why I have spreadsheets for everything. <laughs> charting, so, charting, charting. Oh, yeah. charting. I like my my all twenty two grading. Um, I grade every player. That's one of the that's one of my marquee things. I grade every single player, uh, every single game. I watch every single play, probably ten to twelve times on on coaches' film, and that it spits out a grade, and I have them weighted. And so the spreadsheet that I have shows like special team snaps, how they, how they graded on certain games. So like, if you only play four snaps, one game, then that's not going to hit your total grade as much as say when you play 50. So it's just, you know, I got a lot of formulas working on in there. Yeah. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. It's really (laughs) interesting to me in in, in that sense of like how this has evolved, because again, like going Mm -hmm. back to say the 1950s, 60s, 70s, whatever, like we've already spoken to this point. It was probably just on the score and what happened within the game. But here we are now getting into conversations such as this, right? Like mm-hmm. I was thinking about this as I was putting this outline together. I'm like, and maybe it's just this rise of, you know, citizen journalism to a certain extent, the different platforms sure. available that, you know, have kind of inspired others to like find their niche, you know, to, to attract attention, to attract viewers. And again, I guess maybe like these sports leagues, especially the NFL itself, just doing an excellent job at marketing, promoting themselves that people feel like, well, I need to know all of this stuff. I want to know more. And they've just mm-hmm. sold it on people. And yeah, it's just kind of created this ecosystem where, you know, people like yourself mm-hmm. can really uh, dive into this stuff. And and uh, again, in a place like Buffalo, people are just going to mm-hmm. eat it right up. I don't yeah, know, absolutely. Anything there? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, you are, you are onto it. And like, I was just going to add gamers which is what people in my industry call the um you know the end of game report that you put out immediately that tells you a score who what 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 were the big plays like those i mean people click on them just to go down to the comments and react at, at this yeah. point um yeah, right it's not really what you what you mostly go and and try and find on your team and if you notice the one thing that i didn't bring up uh is like quotes that's one thing that I don't do as much of, I don't use as much of, sometimes I'll use them to support some of the the off-season roster construction stuff, but I'm a little different in that sense to where I'm not using as many quotes. I'm not like writing as many feature stories because that's just, I, I, I do it throughout the year occasionally, but not as much as, as most other sports writers. So, so yeah, it's, it's, that's why, like I said, there's so many different ways to slice it and not to say using quotes is a bad thing because I, they're like Tyler Dunn, who you had on, um, he is an amazing writer, amazing writer. And the way that he gets athletes to open up and interview them, that's a skill in itself. And, and so, so yeah, there's, there's so many different ways to do it is basically the point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. People begin to identify your work with that, you know, that specialization, essentially, right? I mean, that's, yeah, 
we're getting into the weeds uh, as far as what this job is, but that's that's the beauty of it. Like, I love this because I think, again, returning to that definition we open things up with, you know, mm-hmm. you just read that off and you think, oh, well, okay. In general sense, it's all the same. But really, in this day and age, not even close, right? Like, not mm-hmm. even close. No, no. All right. Can't be summed up in a little paragraph, that's for no, sure. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Well, I mean, I've got this other question here. It's the last one in the segment. And I think it's kind of, it's it's easy to dismiss this notion of sports fandom. You know, it's silly at times. I mean, and, and it is. I mean, it can be, of course. But I think it is a little bit dismissive, you know, mm-hmm. what it can represent to, to some people. And with that in mind, I'm going to go a bit big picture on you. you know, as far as what your work means to you on a deeper, more philosophical level, maybe you could share that with listeners. Yeah, I absolutely love what I do, obviously. But um, I think the reason that I, you know, it's, it's so humbling that uh, for being able to to do it for this long is like, because people genuinely care what I write. And that is like the most wild thing I've ever come across because like, okay, I'm a kid from Hamburg, New York. Like, I'm not like this classically trained football guy, but you know, I, I guess people have grown to respect exactly what, uh, what I do for a living, which has been really, really nice. And will never like, uh, I will never go a day thinking, taking it for granted. Like that's, that's, that's the big thing, but to, you know, just to keep it going and, and to keep the passion going, that's, that's something that has to come from, you know, deep within and you have to be able to, uh, really just, know that even on the days when you don't want to do stuff and you're like falling asleep watching the film, like, cause I've been there. Um, yeah. you, you have to, you have to push through because you know that, uh, you know, people have come to expect it from you. And also just the way that the fan base has like Buffalo is so awesome because, you know, people in this area, like my, my wife always says like, you know, that those people are looking at you and I'm like, what? Why? That that's so silly. Like that's I'm I'm just I'm just a I'm just a dude who writes about football for a living. So that's that's been a really cool thing. And people will love to come up and just chat about their favorite team with you and just just the passion that gets relayed back to you for all the work that you put into it. Like it's just it's just yeah. an awesome experience all all together. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, researching for this talk, and again, like I, I'd said off the top here, I mean, I've been a fan of this team for for ages and listened to your mm-hmm. content and highly respect all that you do and. You know, the last I checked, I mean, I think on Twitter, you're up to like, what, 119, 120,000 followers, I mean, for one. Yeah. So that kind of yeah. speaks to this point of people really getting behind you and your work. You know, that that's one. And, and here's a funny one. I, I'm sure you're aware of this, but I was just kind of scrolling through, just kind of get an idea, you know, and going through, going through, and I'm like, oh, John Cena, the the, the wrestler, actor. I don't know. What, what, what is he now? I don't, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. But but all the I same. I mean, you're, not only like you're getting people from the area, you're getting people outside the area, and then even, you know, a few public figures in there as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, there's this uh, one, well, it used to be well-known actor that's from Buffalo. His name is Chad Michael Murray. Uh, okay. he, he was on One Tree Hill, you know, teen teen drama um yeah, on the yeah, cw yeah. way back when and huge bills fan he follows follows all his reporters but yeah the that you brought up luck before the whole notion of twitter i was extremely lucky for twitter to come along when it did otherwise i don't think i have the career i have now 
Yeah, well, that's a statement. I don't know. I don't know. I might beg to differ on that one, Joe. I, I, your, your content's not <laughs> good, man. I think it's, yeah, I think it speaks to, to it's the I content. I appreciate I mean, Certainly maybe some timing there might have helped. Yeah. Maybe you wouldn't be sitting at 120. Maybe it's 110. Like, that, that's as far, that's as low as I'm going to go, I think. Like, I think the quality of your work that. speaks for itself. But anyhow. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe we can jump into this middle segment here, a water cooler story segment. And here I just ask uh, guests to indulge listeners with a story related to your work. And I'm really excited to hear what you have for us today. Okay. I will go with uh, this one This one time in training camp. So at that point, I think it was like, I don't know, 2013 maybe. So basically with training camp, it, the way that the Bills have it set up, they uh, have everyone, uh, all of their players in dorms at St. John Fisher College. Uh, it's a way that they've been doing for, for years. They go away for three weeks. And also they provide a dorm room for each media outlet. So if rather than drive back and forth, the three total hours it would take uh, for the round trip, um, you have the option to stay in, in a dorm room. So, you know, for my for my first, I want to say like uh, seven, eight, maybe nine years, I, I would I would stay at the dorms. And it also lends itself to like downtime around campus and like waiting around stuff like that. And there's just more general interaction between you and players at that point, which is good uh, to kind of show your face and everything along those lines. So this, this one year uh, I was waiting around for an interview in the basketball gym that the way that they have it set, set up, they have the practice field and then all the players walk through this basketball gym to get to their locker room. So, okay. you know, that, that's just kind of an in the weeds thing. And so I'm 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 standing there uh, waiting for an interview at that point, and uh, Richie Incognito and Eric Wood walk by, two longtime offensive linemen within the NFL. Uh, one uh, and and I'm on the basketball court. I'm a very tall human. I'm about six foot five, and so Richie Incognito walks by and it's like, "Hey Joe, bet you five hundred dollars you can't dunk." I'm like. <laughs> you sure you sure you want to do that and, and then he looked at me at, as i looked at him square in the face and he's like no no it's off it's off <laughs> I, I, I used to play basketball and i could dunk at that point i can't anymore but but i could dunk at that point and and just just like the the manner of like that little personal connection and and you know even throwing some shade at each other, you know, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. part of it. So just developing those relationships and everything along those lines. So, so yeah, that was, that was one that kind of came to mind. Yeah, that's cool. And that is a cool. one. I, I think, you know, it, it's easy to get caught up in this notion of like the professionalism and you know, that side mm -hmm. of it and what you're involved in. But at the end of the day too, I mean, like, you know, you're probably a kid growing up and into sports for one, obviously you like to, to mm -hmm. take it all the way into a career, but you know, these little moments here, you kind of return to that childhood moment. You're like, maybe you're pinching mm -hmm. yourself or you're catching yourself. Like, what am I doing here? You know, what am I doing? <laughs> what just happened? Like these, these moments have to be meaningful on some level. Right. I mean, yeah, abs yeah. absolutely. Like be, being able to like be at all these big games, like the, the, the fact that the bills have been good the past few years has, has not been normal the way that my career started, but um, you know, being at the AFC championship game a few years ago, even during COVID year, uh, I was able to to go to that game. And then being at the the Bills Chiefs game, the 13 seconds game, where it's just this game of the year sort of sort of element to it, where the whole world was watching. It was just so cool to not only be there, but to know that people are depending on you to, 
yeah to write it a certain yeah. way so yeah so no that doubt. Was really cool. i mean we're, we're kind of drawing to a close here a little bit but i mean even this past season with what transpired and you know captured the attention of the entire nation i mean yeah. you know, a bit of a somber story there you know as far as yeah. the you know demar hamlin story that a lot of people are probably familiar with but uh yeah, yeah like being involved in something like that too i mean that must have been a bit of a challenge and uh, that that transcended everything that i like i i have never gone through a week like that in my professional career and hasn't even come close to it like yeah that that is something that i we actually had like a uh at, at the athletic we we have everyone basically go to indianapolis for the combine and where it's like this one time that we actually meet up because we we don't really have many brick and mortar places and we don't really get to meet each other a bunch because we're all over the country right. um and and one of the things that they had us do was me and uh tim graham who also covers Buffalo sports in, in, uh, for the athletic, they had me and him along with our Bengals reporters kind of sit, uh, in front of the room and just kind of talk about the experience, what it was like to cover it, you know, also like the emotional element to it, because yeah. we're all humans at the same point, uh, that, that really was, was a big talking point behind it. But, but yeah, it's, uh, processing that real time processing it post, it happening and then covering it all along the same lines. Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a week that I, I don't think that I'll have again. I hope that I don't. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All righty. Well, let's slide into this very last segment here, Joe, a crystal ball segment, as the name implies, we're usually looking forward to the future trends, prediction, so on and so forth. And in here, I mean, I'm going to throw on my Captain Obvious hat. I mean, it's clear to see that technology itself has altered, you know, so many different industries and your industry mm-hmm. is no different when it comes to this. You know, I'm thinking like for you guys, you know, in sports, you know, journalism, content accessibility, quality, distribution capabilities, and probably several other things here. But for you, in terms of your time within the profession, what has been the game changer as far as it relates to technology and mm-hmm. how you do your work? It was cell phones becoming as prevalent as they are and and everyone having access at their fingertips. That was that was the big change. And I was very fortunate that my first boss um way back at the sports radio station it was i remember it as clear as day i was interning there and uh, i might have had a flip phone still at that point or not not like yeah. maybe a fancier one like maybe a an envy or something like that but uh at that point he's just like these right here he was holding up his phone he's like these are the future and we are going to be able to do everything through this. And this is the way that we have to put our business through. So that way we are accessible and people can read, people can listen and people can watch things. And, and right from there, that was kind of instilled in my brain. And um, I also saw because of the cell phone, all of the, all of the different media outlets, there was this overwhelming convergence of how they operated because at that point we were a radio station only but i was doing more writing i was doing video stuff on twitter and at that point it's like okay well how is this different than what yeah what tv stations well of course there's differences but how is this different than what tv stations and newspapers do and then eventually newspapers started to do more podcasting they started to uh, do more videos on their websites. TV stations started to write more. They started to develop their own podcast. So at this point, it's like, okay, you have this, I guess, this host of what your media company used to do, mm. but 
now everyone is kind of doing the same things. So that has been somewhat of a challenge to try and navigate and and how and really be able to stand out from the crowd if everyone's kind of doing the same things. But still, Buffalo is a little bit of an older market to where the traditional media, there's still a space because there's a lot of people that want to consume news the way that they always used to. But that has been definitely shifting over the last five, 10 years. Yeah. Well, I suppose it returns again to that notion of hyper-specialization, right? Like you're, mm-hmm. you're on this platform, for for example, but the way you're covering the content might be a little bit different than somebody like a colleague mm-hmm. or somebody else within the, that space, the media space. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it could be there. Really quickly too, as, as far as chatter of what's coming next, any, uh, mm-hmm. you know, within your industry, what, what are you looking at? Well, I, I think the... Um People slowly getting more acclimated with subscription-based models. I think that, it, I mean, it for journalism to, well, not for all journalism to survive, but, uh, you know, the ad revenue has is just really taken a downturn from what it used to be to where, you know, I, I know you go on Twitter and, or at least I go on Twitter and I post a link and it's becoming less of a popular reply, but it's like, oh, paywall, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay to to click on this. But at the same time, like it, there has to be this balancing act of people specializing to do all these things that, that you want to read about. And they also have to make money too. So it's like this, this uh, interesting give and take between, you know, how it used to be and, and the way it's charging towards. But I, I have been really, uh, amazed by the overwhelming response to uh, to how people have kind of changed the way they looked at subscription based models, mm-hmm. um, and, and because people are more willing to pay for things nowadays if it makes them happy or if it brings them joy or whatever I'd, whatever I'd Marie imagine. Kondo said. Yeah, yeah, and I'd <laughs> imagine too. Maybe you know, like with with social media being as personal as it is at times, right? Like there's a certain degree of intimacy to it. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, for sure. You're, you're getting content delivered to you in a different format and you know, it can feel special maybe to that person who's, who's consuming it. Absolutely. And over time, if you have your favorite sort of outlets for this that are covering it, then it kind of warms you up to the idea. Like, well, if I do want mm-hmm. all this content, I want to continue consuming it from this person. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it is going to be a couple bucks a month that I'm going to have to pay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess I can stomach that if I really enjoy you know, what's mm-hmm. coming back my way when, you know, so it could yeah, be just absolutely. a byproduct of all these things kind of playing in together, you know, the day and age we're at. All right. Well, here's this last, last, last question, Joe. I'm going to slide it in okay. here. Bills in the Super Bowl, zero to 10. 10 means lock it in, zero, no chance. What are you, what are you saying? Upcoming season. Uh, this year, I will, if you asked me this last year, I would have said it eight. Uh, this year, I will go with a 6.2. Uh, Ooh. The, yes. the decimal points I, getting thrown in there. Well, spreadsheet guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think they have some questions that they need to answer right at the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, they're not to get too deep into it, but like um, their offense coordinator has to be able to show that he's a bit better than he was last year. Uh, one of their stars is coming off a, a serious knee injury, Von Miller, um, and so we don't know how he's going to be when they get back. And then they also lost some uh, a couple of key pieces through free agency. So uh, I will say that uh, it's probably if we're looking at this in terms of like a story arc, it's probably at the falling action point of their build. But there's still potential for them to kick back in to oh, yeah. for rising action to get to the 
get to their their summit. Yeah, yeah. So much goes into it. No doubt. No mm-hmm. doubt. All right, Joe. I mean, it's been such an engaging talk, and I really enjoyed it start to finish. I can't believe we've blown right through it. We're nearly going on an hour here. So maybe, you know, <laughs> we can draw things to a close. I am conscious of your time. But again, really appreciate you taking some time and joining the program. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Well, for those interested in learning more about Joe and his work, you can do so via The Athletic and also on Twitter. And for reference, I will have all the links uh, within the show notes here. And of course, too, I mean, if you like today's show, you know, please share Please share, tell a friend, you know, to show further support, you can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you access your podcast. And then here's the big ask. I mean, in the last year, I did start a YouTube channel covering, you know, the guests in the program and these episodes. So if you head on over there and you like what you see, please, please, please hit that subscribe button. It would help way more than you could ever know. And then finally, don't forget to join us on the next episode of Life As A, where we'll continue to explore and unearth the details of professions and the people behind them. I'm your host, Christopher Schoenwald. Until next time, stay curious about life and living.